gaze at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm glad you could join me for this episode, Victory Sunday. And I know you normally it's Victory Monday, but the San Francisco 49ers defeated the Green Bay Packers 24-21 in an absolutely thrilling divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And uh, that game left a lot of question marks. And, of course, you watch my live reaction show, you get the live reaction get all the things that we talk about, you know, I'm interacting with everyone that listens. In this episode, I want to kind of get into some of the numbers of the game, talk about the ins and outs, and and go back through how the 49ers were able to win this matchup. Because I think when you were watching the game, you really had a feeling like the Green Bay Packers were in control of most of the game. seemed like every single time the 49ers answered or had something going in their way, the Green Bay Packers were able to flip the script on the 49ers and the 49ers had to play catch-up. And it ends with the 49ers going down, getting that big touchdown by Christian McCaffrey, a 65-yard drive led by Brock Purdy, and then a huge interception by Drake Greenlaw. But there's so much to go over in this game because I think as bad as it felt, I'm not sure the game was as bad when you look at the numbers. The, the 49ers definitely didn't play their best game. I don't think I can argue with anyone that says you know, that it wasn't their best game because that's the truth. But when the moments came and they needed to, make, needed to make big plays, their players stepped up and made those plays. Whether that was Christian McCaffrey's explosive run or that was Brock Purdy's scramble or his big throw to Jawan Jennings or it was Dre Greenlaw coming up with the interceptions. Uh, it was just consistently having 49ers players make big-time plays for this football team. And so... I'm so excited to talk about it again because it's just such a thrilling time when you're in the playoffs. And we know the 49ers are going to have the NFC Championship game around the corner. and We're going to have plenty of time during the week to talk, you know, 49ers versus Lions. But I wanted to take a look at 49ers versus Packers again and kind of celebrate and yet go through the numbers of what happened in this football game. It was a lot of fun. And if you would, please like and subscribe. If you like, it helps kick it down the algorithm. If you subscribe... It helps me get closer uh, to my 5K goal that I've been trying to get to before the Super Bowl. I'm almost there, getting close to about a, being about 100 away. So you could be the reason why I reached that today. So thank you guys so much for all you do. And if you're listening on audio platform, 49ers cut back on Believe. Uh, please give it a five-star rating. I, I really appreciate everyone that downloads and listens to it on all the audio platforms. And if you're going to bet, bet with Bet Online With the NFL playoffs here, and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today and get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So I want to talk about these numbers a little bit, and I like getting into the team aspect of it because one of the things that we talked about going into this matchup 
was how good these two teams were on third down. Uh, both teams were 47% on third down. 49ers, 47.5. Green Bay Packers, 47.1. Both defenses gave up uh, third down conversions at close to 41%. So how were these offenses going to show up in the big game? How were they going to be able to convert on third down? Well, the San Francisco 49ers converted 10 out of 16 third downs. 62%. Okay, that is elite level NFL conversion rate on third down. So if even though the 49ers didn't do everything well, one thing they did really well was third downs. And I think that's so important to remember that you've got to stay on the field. And it felt like the Green Bay Packers, and I'm sure this is how everyone else felt, had the ball the entire first half. 49ers only saw three drives. Uh, Green Bay Packers had the ball for, you know, what, six minutes on the opening drive. They were consistently with the ball in their hands, and the 49ers defense was on the ropes early on. Now, the 49ers defense stepped up. They made the plays they were supposed to make. They held field goals. They got a big fourth down stop, a turnover on downs. That was absolutely huge and pivotal. So even though the Green Bay Packers were effective in moving the football, and they were successful on third down as well, they were 7 of 13, over 50% on third down. So they played well as, as well. 49ers were just able to be just a little bit better on third down. And ultimately, that ends up being the difference in the football game, 49ers converting. Uh, of course, we talked about the fourth down. Packers, the only uh, one of the two teams to go for it on fourth, and they didn't get it. Now, here's what's interesting. You start looking at it. We talked about how 49ers felt like they didn't have the ball at all, like the Green Bay Packers had the ball the entire first half. I know that's how it felt to me. The game felt a little odd and off. Well, if you look at the total plays, the Green Bay Packers, 62 plays on offense. The San Francisco 49ers, 64. So the 49ers actually ran more plays than the Green Bay Packers. I found that off, you know, a little odd. Uh, so the 49ers come through on that. You look at total yards, Green Bay Packers, 330 to the 49ers, 356. So the 49ers outgained them, even though if you told me just by watching that game, you would have said the Niners outgained them. I wouldn't have believed you, but the numbers reveal that is the case. Total drives, both teams with 10. Then you look at average yards per play. Green Bay Packers, 5.3. 49ers, 5.6. Uh, this is shocking. I'm expecting these numbers to be switched the other way. I mean, yes, it's pretty dead even, right? Uh, two, two more plays, 26 extra yards, uh, You know, just a, a little bit more as far as yards per play. But I, I think it shows an interesting sign. Then you look at the passing numbers. And you've got the Green Bay Packers throwing for 194 yards, under 200 yards through the air. I mean, this was an offense for the Green Bay Packers that was firing on all cylinders against Dallas. Jordan Love was absolutely carving up that defense in the secondary, and that was a Dallas defense that's thought to be way better than the San Francisco 49ers. Yet the 49ers held Jordan Love and that passing game under, 100, under 200 yards. Now, full disclosure, Aaron Jones' effectiveness on the ground probably diminished the amount of yards they've got throwing the football. Uh, but ultimately, I thought he, you know, that the 49ers defense did pretty good. And then it was 245 for the 49ers offense. So they got it done. Average yards per pass, um, 5.7 for Green Bay. Brock Purdy, 6.1. Now, this is nowhere near what Brock Purdy hits for a season average. So give credit to Green Bay Packers for how they played against the 49ers uh, receivers. Because normally the 49ers are closer to nine. But uh, 6.1, hey, it was enough. And then you had the two interceptions, which were huge 
uh, in that. And really, I mean, this is one thing that was so frustrating during the game and, and got a lot of comments about it. The 49ers got zero sacks on Jordan Love. Uh, that offensive line for Green Bay put together two outstanding performances, one against Dallas and one against San Francisco. They didn't give up a single sack against two of the best pass rushing defenses in the entire league. Uh, so that was really, really good. And then Brock Purdy was sacked one time. He lost seven yards. And I think that there was a lot of times Brock Purdy had to get rid of the football. Uh, Brock Purdy was hurried, and he, he made some decisions that he needed to make to get rid of the ball, scramble outside the pocket. But the 49ers offensive line, uh, they held up pretty good when all is said and done. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, it was interesting. Still no sacks. I was expecting the 49ers to get after uh, Jordan Love a little bit. I thought that Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave would have a lot of success up the middle and and be able to get into his face and cause some disruption. Uh, that wasn't the case. I mean, they did cause disruption from time to time. You know, right the down the end when Carlson ends up missing the field goal, Armstead got released free and he got right into his face. Uh, but that was not the norm. The 49ers struggled to get pressure consistently on Jordan Love. And I think we just tip our cap to Green Bay. They did a really, really good job. Now, on the ground, the Green Bay Packers did exactly what they set out to do. 138 yards on the ground. Aaron Jones had a fantastic game. 49ers hadn't given up a 100-yard rusher in over 50 games straight. Uh, so they had been phenomenal against rushers in the NFL. Well, he broke that big run in the fourth quarter, and it looked like that was going to be, you know, almost all she wrote. And the 49ers were able to, you know, hold, and then the missed field goal happens. But Aaron Jones looked very good in this game, and he had a lot of success against the 49ers. As far as the run game, they battled to slow him down. But over the last five weeks of the season, he went over 100 yards every single time he was out there. And so I thought that they did exactly what they wanted to do on the ground. I think if they would have looked at their stats and they said, yeah, we rushed for 136 yards on 28 carries at a 4.9 average, they would have thought they won the football game. Uh, but they didn't. And when you look over at the 49ers, they had 24 rushes, so only four less rushes uh, than the Green Bay Packers, 111 yards and uh, 4.6 yards per average. And, of course, the ball carriers were pretty much just Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Brock Purdy had the scramble and then – Jawan Jennings, for whatever reason, and that that's one of the most interesting things, right? The Jawan Jennings play. I know Kyle Shanahan said that was just a mistake, and those things happen. A little interesting, though, that the mistake happens coming right out of halftime. Normally, everyone's on the same page about what you're going to run when you come out of half, especially when you start with the ball. But So Aaron Jones was 18 carries for 108 yards, uh, a six-yard average. He did have a 53-yard long, and I think that's a big reason he got his 108. So you think about that. That was in the fourth quarter, so the 49ers had held him pretty good until that run. Uh, but, you know, he, he did it big. He made a big run on that play, and they were having success being able to pin and pull, uh, kick our defensive end, uh, outside edge rusher down, using wide receivers, pull alignment around the outside, and getting those toss plays going early. That worked. Bravo to Steve Wilkes and the 49ers defense for adjusting in the second half. They started taking away that play. They put people in the alley, and they started slowing up that play. So 49ers definitely did adjust to what Green Bay was doing, but Green Bay's early success definitely helped them on offense early on in this football game. And really, it was Aaron Jones versus Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey, 17 carries for 98 yards, 5.8 average. Of course, he had the huge explosive touchdown 
I love that it came on a little short toss. Um, I said that was going to happen in the in the in the game plan that Kyle was going to run that, and he gets to it, and it, it really worked in the third quarter. It was very successful. When you give that toss, it makes those defenders on the outside widen out, believing you could go outside, and then it makes linebackers start to move. So that when you get vertical, and it allows McCaffrey to get his shoulders vertical quickly, he can get a vision where he needs to go. Then he made an excellent move running up the field to make Savage miss. Uh, and then he, he broke a tackle and got up through there. It was jump cut, jump cut, gone for the touchdown. Absolutely fantastic. Great blocking up front. Jake Brindle, by the way. I, I don't think the film, when I get into the All-22, I haven't got into it yet. But I'll, I'll be honest. The All-22 film is, I don't know how kind it's going to be to Jake Brindle. But there are two phenomenal blocks that I know for sure in this football game. Number one, the Christian McCaffrey long touchdown run that I was just talking about. Jake Brindle walls off the defender. Fantastic block. Hips around. Perfect. The touchdown to win the football game. And Jake Brindle gets the nose tackle to the ground. And he did a fantastic job opening another huge hole. Both touchdowns go to the right side in the run game, which is interesting because everyone talks about how the 49ers don't run successfully uh, behind the right side of the line with Colt McKivitz and uh, John Feliciano, but they did it in this football game. Both big touchdown runs come to the right side. That's something good going forward as the 49ers are going to have to continue uh, to be a good football team and play really well in the NFC Conference Championship game. Let's look at the turnovers because the turnovers ended up being huge in this game. Jordan Love throws two interceptions, and the one at the end, I mean, Trey Greenlaw has both interceptions, but uh, the one at the end is, is funny. If you go back and you watch, Chase Young is already celebrating before the ball even gets there because Trey Greenlaw and Fred Warner, one of them's coming up with that football, and Trey gets it. The only thing we all wish, go down Trey Greenlaw. Um, I get it. Like, I get it. You want to make a play. You want to go score, uh, but not in that situation. You did it. You won. Get down. Let the offense come in and finish this game off by kneeling down the football. Uh, so even though everyone was super excited, I guarantee uh, his coaches, Johnny Holland, is going to go up to him and be like, hey, man, don't you ever do that again. We love you. That was a great play. Don't ever do that again. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was big time. So the two turnovers for Jordan Love end up being back-breaking for the Green Bay Packers. 49ers, you know, don't turn over the football. Now, Brock Purdy threw some. Uh, turnover quality throws. I thought Jordan Love threw the two interceptions, and I thought there was another one that Diamond Lenore let go through his hands. That was potentially an intercepted, uh, potential interception as well. Uh, so it is on the onus of the other team to make those plays. Diamond Lenore didn't make the plays. The Green Bay Packers, Savage, uh, he didn't make an interception when he could have probably had a pick six early in this football game. Got to make those things happen. They didn't, and uh, the two turnovers were huge. And when you weren't win their turnover battle. Christian McCaffrey rushes for over 75 yards as 49ers. You win football games, and they did. And when you look at the penalties, I think the penalties were huge in this game. 49ers defenders committed way too many penalties, especially in the secondary. Ambry Thomas had two pivotal uh, penalties, including a 41-yard defensive pass interference. That can't happen. He had good coverage on Bo Melton. There's no reason to grab onto Bo Melton. That's bad technique. He can't do that. And the 49ers don't have much options on the outside. Now, they don't want to play Isaiah over in the nickel. They want Diameter Lenore. That means Ambry Thomas has to step up. Jason Verrett got hurt. It probably would have been Jason Verrett out there. The 49ers probably would have been rolling with him, uh, but they're not now. 
And they've got to make sure Ambry Thomas gets his act together. And the 49ers are going to have to protect him some. But the reality is Ambry Thomas has got to step up his game. You can't be pulling. You can't be grabbing. you got to go out there and use your eyes. You can put your hands on the receiver. You just can't grab. You can't wrap. And you can't pull. And he needs to realize that. So that thing was a little frustrating. Six penalties for 83 yards against the 49ers. You had the pivotal one against Trent Williams as well. Coming on after the kick kick return uh, or a punt return and he gets a push. It's like, just, just no. You know what I mean? I know it was a flop, but just no. 49ers can't allow the opposing team to get in their heads, get free yards, uh, anything's like that. You need to make sure you play a clean game because the Green Bay Packers, they had one penalty for five yards. One. They played a really clean game uh, as far as penalties go. Turnovers, it didn't work out for them, but... Now, another interesting stat that I thought was was very interesting was time of possession. I expected this to be completely lopsided in favor of the Green Bay Packers. It's not. Green Bay Packers held the ball for 30 minutes and 19 seconds. The San Francisco 49ers, 29 minutes and 41 seconds. That's the difference. Under a minute difference between the two teams. So... This game was a lot more even when you look at the final stats compared to what I believe we thought when we watched the football game. So do I think the 49ers played a better game than Green Bay? Probably not. They just played better when they were supposed to. Uh, They executed when they were supposed to. They didn't turn the football over. So they did what they needed to do to win. It wasn't a clean victory. It's not not the way that 49er fans uh, want them to win, but a win is a win, and it needs to be celebrated. We just won a divisional round playoff game. Uh, and I think that we're, a lot of people are kind of taking a look at the negative and saying, yeah, but this, 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 and this. But remember, what happens in this playoff game is not a carryover. The playoff games are so unique because it's a one-game season every time. So what happened in this game can be left behind, and a new game happens the next week that's completely different. It's like a one-game season. is so crazy. So it's a different matchup. It's a different team, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see. But uh, I thought that was interesting. Now, another big thing for the 49ers, and I got to be as clear as I can, kick the ball out of the end zone. And it's not Jake Moody's fault. I, I know people will blame Jake Moody. Hey, your kickoffs aren't good enough. He's getting told to directional kick on kickoffs. And then the, there's returns coming off those. It is time for the 49ers who just... Be done with that. I know you got Odom. You got Flanagan Fowles. You got Oren Burks. You've got very good special teams players. No reason for the risk. You just scored to go up 14-13. You can't allow a big return. And what is the net gain? Let's say that you tackle them at the 20-yard line. Your net gain is five. You make them go 80 yards. I know that can be huge. The problem is the momentum shift from them getting all the way down to the 20-yard line is gigantic you just can't allow that to happen stop allowing special teams problems by not kicking it out of the end zone it's time to just hey you're you've got one of the best defenses in the league make a team go 75 yards if they can go 75 yards tip your cap but i mean the difference between 75 and 80 come on i mean it's just it's just come on at this point we just can't have those big plays that flip momentum one way or the other so the 49ers you know suffer that big you know Kickoff return. Bravo Dimitris Flanagan fouls, right? Oren Burks was chasing that one down. Him and uh, 
Uh, Darrell Luter Jr. were running with everything they had to make him cut back in. Flanagan fouls, and Jordan Mason punched the football out. Mason pulled the arm down. Flanagan fouls hit it from behind. It was a great play, but we don't want those things to happen. We just don't. Take the onus uh, back. Don't allow them to have an opportunity. Just don't. Your special teams is not good enough this year, and that's okay. Just be successful with what you're doing. Uh, let's look at the 49ers and, and Packers quarterbacks real quick. Jordan Love was 21 of 34, 194 yards, uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions. His QBR was 44.5 and a rating of 72.4. The 49ers defense did a good job of limiting Jordan Love's effectiveness. Look at Brock Purdy, 23 of 39. I know there's a lot more passes there than people want. I can't wait to dive into the film because it's not as simple as, hey, let's just run the football more. And I am a firm believer in running the football more, so I want to make that clear. But there is also context to it. What is Green Bay running defensively? Is Green Bay got an eighth man in the box? Are they running a single high safety? Because if they are, throw the football. It, it, it's not that complicated. And I know people say, hey, just run the ball anyways. But why would you not be as successful? You have more opportunity now in the passing game with a single high safety uh, than the run game with eight guys in the box. You've got to take the the numbers. People want you to go by percentages. People want you to go with what works. That's the case. When they're too high safety, yeah, run the football. Even if it's second and 10, run the football. I do believe there are probably occasions during this game where Kyle Shanahan uh, didn't, you know, get the 49ers the right play, you know, to, you know, or, or they didn't run the right play against a two high or single high. Uh, sometimes they threw the ball anyways. Maybe that's Brock not checking out. Maybe that's Kyle. I don't know. I want to go through the film and really look at it, uh, but it's not as simple as just run the ball more. It's not. There's context to everything because as a play caller, you're looking at what the defense is presenting and you're trying to take advantage of the weaknesses that they're providing. And so if the weakness they're providing is in the run game, you take it. If the weakness is in the passing game, you take it. No matter if you're throwing three times in a row, you're doing it because that's your obvious advantage to be more successful. That's your best opportunity. And so I think that it's not as clear as that. So, yeah, I don't want Brock Purdy throwing the ball 39 times. I don't. He had 16 incompletions in this game, but it was what the 49ers needed to do to win. 252 yards through the air, pretty close to season average. They normally get 263, uh, 6.5 average. We talked about that being down. And Brock's rating for the game, 86.7. Uh, not one of his best this season. Definitely not Brock's best game. I think he would admit that. But it was good enough to win the football game. And that's ultimately what you're trying to do. Now let's look at the pass catchers. And, you know, there was a lot of conversation about Green Bay Packers pass catchers, right? The secondary had to worry. They've got so many weapons. And I thought their pass catchers did pretty good. Romeo Dabbs, okay, of course, has been the main guy. He had four catches for 83 yards, uh, 20.6 average. He had a good game. Uh, so 38-yard gain on one of those plays, that's a pretty good number. Jaden Reed had four for 35. They held him under nine yards per reception. Bo Melton had one for 19 yards. Of course, he did get the, that was the touchdown where Deshaun Gibson fell. And then he did have the big pass interference on Ambry Thomas. So he was able to get vertical and get free a couple of times. I thought the one on Ambry, Ambry had good coverage. He just grabbed at the end. You can't do that. That's a pass interference call. That's poor technique on Ambry Thomas. There's no need to hold in that situation. So uh, Bo Melton had a decent game. Uh, Musgrave had three catches for 14 yards. Fournier did a great job on the tight end there. Christian Watson never got anything going. One catch for 11 yards. Emmanuel Wilson, one catch for 11 yards. 
uh, Tucker Craft three for nine. So there's a lot of conversation about those tight ends. Uh, neither one of them really had a big game. They did have Tucker Craft with the touchdown uh, right on the rub play. I think the 49ers should have checked into a zone coverage on that. And I think if they would have checked into zone coverage on that, we probably would have had a, a potential interception for Traverius Ward. So uh, when you get those bunch sets at around the goal line, it's tough to run man. And they caught the 49ers twice, but I believe they should have checked out into his zone coverage. The first time was a touchdown by Tucker Craft. The second one where they rubbed Fred Warner on Aaron uh, Jones for the two-point conversion. Both of those cases, they got to check out. So that's something I'm sure Steve Wilkes is going to look at because Detroit will do the same thing to the 49ers. They will put them in those situations with Amon Ra and with Sam Laporta, and they will try to run rub routes to get those guys open. So uh, 49ers are going to have to adjust for sure on the fly. When you look at the 49ers, I mean, George Kittle had a pretty good game. He had four catches for 81 yards, a touchdown, the 32-yard long touchdown. Uh, Brock Purdy rolling right, putting it out there, man coverage. He gets the win over the safety. Uh, great throw, great route, and uh, George Kittle getting it done there. Uh, Juwan Jennings had himself a game. Welcome back. Just welcome back, Juwan Jennings, from uh, blocking people out of bounds and into the bench to making clutch third-down catches to getting absolutely molly-whopped uh, when you get hit. And uh, it, it was a, just a great play for him. He had five for 61. That's a 12-yard average. Brandon Ayuk, three for 32. And one of the most clutch catches over the middle on that last drive. Going down on a ball that's put away from the defender, tight coverage, got to catch it, hold on to it, and he did. Uh, that was fantastic. Brandon Ayuk made the catch when you need to make it. And then Christian McCaffrey had the most catches, seven catches for 30 yards, 4.3 average. Uh, but he was getting those check downs. It was his job. Brock Purdy, especially in the second half. Hey, I got to get it to McCaffrey. Get it out. They're allowing us to catch the ball underneath. They're playing a soft coverage. Let's get it underneath and let our playmakers create. And so I think that's something he had to do and learn during this football game. You had Debo Samuel had two for 24 before he got hurt. I believe Debo Samuel was probably going to have a big game if he did not get hurt. We'll find out eventually what's going on with the shoulder. More imaging happening today. And then Chris Conley had one catch for 17 yards. That big outcut uh, that he caught in that last drive. How about that, right? Brock Purdy goes to Chris Conley in that situation. I guarantee the Green Bay Packers didn't think that was going to happen, but it absolutely did. And, you know, you look at the stats and it kind of gives you a clearer picture. I don't think the 49ers played as bad as maybe it appeared watching it. I think a lot of that's our stress levels and the fact that the 49ers didn't take advantage of opportunities they normally do. I mean, normally, when they drive down at the end of a first half, they're scoring. Whether that's a touchdown or the field goal, they're scoring. And then when they come out in the second half, usually you get a better drive. And so I think that it got off to a weird start on that third quarter first drive. Jawan Jennings ran the ball. Um, you know, if that's Debo Samuel, it's different. But I just think that the 49ers were a little out of whack without Debo. And um, knowing how it is to be a play caller, it's difficult when you lose a certain player. Yes, you you say and you preach next man up, but when you have a guy with unique skills, it's just different because they do different things than everyone else. So you basically have to take a section of your playbook and a section of your game plan and 86 it because as much as you like Ray Ray McLeod, as much as you like Juwan Jennings, they can't do the things out of the backfield and they don't get the attention that Debo does. Debo's, uh, the rate that people pay attention to Debo is pivotal. And just him getting the attention he gets takes eyes on him and off of Christian McCaffrey, eyes on him and off of Brandon Ayuk or George Kittle. 
And then when he does get the ball, he's an absolute stud in the open field and can make plays. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's one of those things where a lot of people probably won't understand the effect it has on a play caller to lose a player with unique skills. It's a little bit different if you have guys who are similar, right? If you have guys that can, like, if you lost Ray Ray McLeod, Ronnie Bell could step in and you would feel pretty comfortable with it, right? If you lost Jawan Jennings and you put Chris Conley in, He's not as good, but he can do the same things. He runs the same routes. He blocks uh, not as good, but similarly, right? It, it it kind of makes sense. But with Debo, people always say, well, just put Christian McCaffrey in that role. Well, the problem is you went in the game plan with Christian McCaffrey playing the Christian McCaffrey role and Debo playing the Debo role. Put Christian McCaffrey in the Debo role. Who plays the, the Christian McCaffrey role? Because even though Elijah Mitchell uh, can catch the ball in the backfield and run, he's not going to get the attention that Christian McCaffrey gets. So then McCaffrey becomes a decoy. It, it just you just water down your offense. So I get it. It's difficult to adjust on the fly. The 49ers have to have contingency plans, and I think they did. Um, they did better in this one than they did against Cleveland. And when they go to the NFC Championship game, if Debo's playing, I guarantee you, Al Shanahan's going to have game plans set up in case Debo's not prepared. Uh, so the 49ers are going to have this set up, but you're hoping you never lose a player and you never have to figure it out. But overall, it was a good time. 49ers get the win. Uh, it had me on the edge of my seat the entire time. I was stressed. I was enjoying it. It was exciting. And I'm looking forward to more playoff football. Uh, thank you guys all for joining me for Victory Sunday. More content coming out all week. Uh, be back here all along the channel. Click the notification bell so you know. But like and subscribe if you haven't already. I appreciate it. I hope you think I earned your subscription. And then this episode was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. But I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers.